Welcome to Practically Healthy by Dr. Melina. I'm your host, Dr. Melina Jampolis, and I'm a board-certified physician nutrition specialist. And I started this podcast to take the latest science and really help you figure out what you should do, can do, and eventually will do when it comes to food, fitness, and everything that's involved with helping you become the best version of yourself. I'm so excited about my next guest today. Uh, I'm sure you all know her, so she really doesn't need an introduction, except for this is a podcast, so if you're not watching this, you can't see her beautiful face. Um, But Samantha Harris, Emmy Award-winning TV host, you probably caught her on Dancing with the Stars for many, many years, and Entertainment Tonight and Extra. I think that's where I remember you the most from. But we met, actually, over the summer, and we were both... Indulging, I think I was at the candy bar when we met. So, but <laughs> we don't tell any, don't tell anybody that. Um, but I'm I'm very excited because I think um, you know after this podcast, you probably already thought Samantha was inspirational, but even more so when you hear about everything that you've been to. So let's jump right in, Samantha. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. Well, so it's so nice and fortuitous that we met at that party and that we are in the same city and all of this fun stuff and that we are both doing so many of the same things to help people really elevate their wellness. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, it it is, uh, it it is, uh, it's, it's wonderful that it was, you were, you know, passionate about this before, but let's just jump right in into how your life changed and maybe changed your trajectory in terms of your focus and because you've always been super fit right you were on the cover of magazines was that that before I mean that's always been obviously a priority but things change so tell us no and and look I you know I I remember when I was a little girl growing up in Minnesota it was the age of the supermodel like Linda Evangelista and Kate Moss I wanted to be a supermodel I don't think my face would have gotten me to be a supermodel but my but I my body definitely wasn't because I was five foot four and I wasn't growing another inch and what I found was that eventually as I got into my 20s I found that under the sort of soft bellied soft pudgy cow eating Minnesota girl that I was when I started to exercise and eat what I thought was a healthier diet, all of a sudden there was like this muscular person. And all of a sudden I found myself on the cover of 10 different mag, you know, magazines from shape magazine to muscle and fitness hers four times and all this fun stuff. So I thought I was living this ideal, perfect quote unquote, healthy life. And I was about to turn 40. And I thought, you know, I lost my dad to colon cancer. His mom was a breast cancer survivor who lived to 95, by the way. Wow. But I should, I should get a mammogram. My kids are three and six. I should set that baseline while I'm so healthy. And, uh, and then I did. And I got clear mammogram results. But wow. 11 days later, I found a lump. And I thought, well, that's weird. So I went to see my OBGYN who said, oh, this is 40. You lumpy breasts, welcome to your 40s. It's probably glandular. It's nothing sent me on my way. A month later, lump still there. Inner voice getting a little bit louder saying, hey, don't you want to really see what that is? So I went to see my internist because again, it's not cancer, had a clear mammogram, had my OBGYN say it was nothing. He said, same thing, quick feel, it's nothing, sent me on my way. So four months later, this pesky lump is still there. And I'm finally with my inner voice screaming at me now, listening to my inner voice and saying, well, 
if I'm going to live with this nothing lump for the rest of my life, shouldn't I maybe have better diagnostics? So I went to see a specialist because you have to see someone who looks at that part of the body every single day as their expertise. And the only one who does that for breasts is an oncologist. So there I was getting two ultrasounds and a natal biopsy and a subsequent MRI after that appointment and nothing. And this is sort of the, the hitch that everyone goes, what? Nothing detected the cancer. However, the needle biopsy showed a, an odd proliferation of cells that didn't present as cancer, but the doctor said, it's not cancer, but let's take it out anyway. We did. And when I went to my final pathology a week later, um, told my husband, it's not cancer, stay home. I myself learned that I was not only uh, a, a new cancer patient with DCIS, which is contained within the duct, but that the sample of what she thought looked like maybe healthy tissue on the margin ended up being invasive breast cancer. Um, and after a long cancerversity of learning what I needed to do in multiple opinions and figuring out what treatment plan I wanted, I ultimately chose to do a two-stage um, mastectomy, double mastectomy with reconstruction. And uh, so I had three surgeries in 2014. Um, I found that it had gone to a lymph node, had 11 lymph nodes removed. And thankfully, thank goodness, only one had involvement, but I was quickly staged from stage one to stage 2B. Wow. That is, I mean, disturbing for so many reasons, disturbing and encouraging. But I mean, this is, uh, it, it, it really is, I mean, it's so hard for patients to be their own advocate so strongly, particularly if you don't have a medical background and the, the medical system can be, I, I think, intimidating and, and I mean, the fact that you were so persistent is just, I mean, it, it's very, it's very powerful. And it's also very powerful listening to your gut. I mean, it's, it's, um, but it's, it's quite terrifying that you had to go through that much and that much because most people would have stopped after the mammogram. Like, oh, I'm clean. That's great. It's a lump. They said it's an, you know, I know from somebody who has fibrocystic breast disease that, you know, this is part of just, I never think twice about it, actually. And and so it's, uh, but anyways, well, well, thank God. I mean, I'm, you know, that uh, this all, you know, was caught. I mean, all things considered, catching it at stage two is, is, nothing short of miraculous. I mean, so, um, so, so that was, so before that you were more into fitness. So then what changed, what, what, what changed in your life and your lifestyle, even in your head? Cause I think you talk a lot and, and you've, you've turned, you know, uh, being as a breast cancer thriver, you call it instead of survivor. I love that. But so tell us a little bit about that journey. Well, here I was with this breast cancer diagnosis and my dad had, had cancer, his mom had had cancer. So when the genetic testing came back negative for any genetic link, I was baffled. I was angry. I wanted a quick answer. I wanted to know it was out of my control. This is just what happens, right? We we have parents who have diabetes or you know or um, neurodegenerative disorders. So we just assume, well, that's my destiny. I'm here to tell you, if you are listening and there's one thing you take away from this podcast, it is that you are in even better control of your own future health than you may realize. When it comes to breast cancer, 
the aha moment I had was when I learned, because I'm a national ambassador for Susan G. Komen, the breast cancer charity, and I learned that only 5 to 10% of breast cancers are actually hereditary. And the journalist in me said, wait a second, only 5 to 10%. Here, I did not have the BRCA mutation. I didn't have one of the other 80 different genes that I had tested for at that time or the 150 genes that I have now tested since then for. So what gives? And I began to research. And that journalism degree really came in handy. And I determined, Dr. Melina, it is what we put in, on, and around our bodies that affect our overall well-being, our future prediction of health, and also we have certain DNA structures within our body that oftentimes lay dormant and in the off position, but by our lifestyle habits and choices, we turn them into the on position or we reinforce, they stay deep down into that off spot. And so I began to systematically in a very slow, small manageable step way because it is overwhelming when we realize, oh, wow, the makeup or the skincare I've been putting on my body every single day. I mean, look, I spent my career in a makeup chair being shellacked with chemical bombs of who knows what kind of endocrine disruptors and carcinogens and neurotoxins. And we think, oh, well, it's not a big deal, but layer after layer, year after year, it builds up. Um, So that was an overwhelming thought. How I was eating, look, I ate every part of the cow being from Minnesota. I ate some sort of animal protein, whether it was dairy or poultry or fish, 21 out of 21 meals a day. I started to reevaluate how I was eating. I began to evaluate how I was exercising. Was it just about the extrinsic, how I looked? Wait, no, let's find the intrinsic reasons. I wanna be able to live a long, healthy life that's able-bodied that can get down on the ground with my grandkids, chase them and get back up again, right? I wanna hike the world, I have a big bucket list. So all of these things, and then I never even thought about stress. And the amount of stress that I was enduring with no stress management tools at all, as I look, I had a really wonderful career and I still do on television. I have a show that airs every day on Game Show Network. I love my TV career. The entertainment news game, look, being on the back of a Ducati motorcycle with Tom Cruise in the middle of Seville, Spain was nice. (laughs) However, I had no control over my schedule, the amount of stress that those jobs gave and also not wanting to turn any opportunities down while I'm a wife and a mother and juggling my kids and my home and all of that, it was a lot. So I slowly systematically started to change a lot of these things. And then I realized, wait a second, I've just done a lot of legwork. It's really hard and I'm a journalist and it was hard to figure these things out. So then I thought in 2018, my book, Your Healthiest Healthy, debuted as a bestseller on Amazon in multiple categories. Actually, just two weeks ago, it hit the number one spot again in oncology and women's health and internal medicine. I thought, I don't know why we had a resurgence. It was very exciting. Um, But I wrote the book as a a reason to help others. And then I wanted even more. So I went back to school and I became a certified health coach. And now I'm helping thousands of women um, really take even better control of their wellness and elevate it in a way that they may not have realized that they should or even could. Well, I think that's important. I think so much of what you said. So, you know, as you I've started, I've started a new company and, and one of the what you talk about 
genes being turned on and off by lifestyle is what we actually look at, which is something called epigenetics, which is above the gene. So I like to tell people all the time, but you're a walking example of this, that your DNA is not your destiny. There is so much that you can do. But I I do want to say, I think it's really important for, because premenopausal breast cancer is a different beast than postmenopausal breast cancer. Yes. And it tends to be much more aggressive. And I would say, although it's fascinating that your genetics is what it is, because I would have thought for sure that in the majority of premenopausal breast cancer, that genetics plays a role. But, but, but apparently what you're saying is that, which is, is reassuring actually, because people fear, I think, premenopausal breast cancer even more, but I think for both different types, like what you do. And I think it's, it's people, you know, for me, I have always, for 22 years, I've been talking about food as medicine, you know, and, and the fact that, and, and what we understand now with, you know, epigenetics, I think is, is fascinating. So let's kind of walk through because, and I'm going to pipe in on occasion just to give my two cents worth, because I'm so passionate about this. Um, But I think, you know, some of the things that you talk about, I, I don't have as much experience with. So I'm, I'm going to start with what one thing you mentioned, which is what we put on our bodies. I think that's fascinating. And I think it's markedly underappreciated. And, and, Second to what you put in your body, I would say it's the most important because topically only so much is going to be absorbed. So, but let's start with that because that's super interesting. And and like the podcast is called Practically Healthy. So if we could come up with just some practical tips, and I'm sure there's ton, tons in your book, but until they can order it on Amazon and get another resurgence. So what are some, talk to me about that and what you found as a journalist and maybe some of the biggest contributors in your opinion. Right. And beyond the book, by the way, you guys, I give a lot of tips and takeaway every single day on my Instagram and Facebook. So, um, yes, I'd love for you if you want to buy the book. Fantastic. But you don't need to buy the book. You can also just follow me and I will share a lot. And if you um, want to go one step further, I when I was on my show, my my game show, we shot 65 episodes in a very short time, six episodes a day, 12 hour shoot days. And I tasked my hair and makeup team. Now this is way past cancer, right? I said, we only can bring in clean, toxin free beauty products. And my level of what's clean and toxin free is a lot higher than maybe like the green check mark you see at Sephora, which by the way, they do offer, thank goodness, a couple of really clean brands there now like Ilya and RMS. Um, but, uh, or, you know, they feel like Target starting to, and you know, they're the big box places are starting to realize we have consumer demand, but I vetted all of these different brands to make sure what works because you don't have to shoot for 12 hours to want good lasting makeup and skincare and hair products that work and are effective and give you the look you want. Um, and so you guys can always send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook and say, I want your clean beauty. Just put clean beauty and I will send you this PDF that has a really great list. Um, anyway, so what can we do? Well, first of all, we can start to become aware of what in our products. A lot of us are more aware of parabens now that we don't want parabens. They are very, very harmful. They disrupt our hormones. They um, can cause some car- so there's some carcinogenic qualities to them as well. Um, so parabens is just really a tiny part of the puzzle of avoiding certain ingredients. 
We want to also, um, just because something is labeled as natural or organic, those are marketing terms. And it kind of also goes by the way it applies to food. They're marketing terms that have nothing to do with being honest, truthful, or really free of anything that can potentially harm you. Um, there's a wonderful resource, a, a nonprofit called the Environmental Working Group, and it's ewg.org. They also have their Healthy Living app. You can actually go with a product name or even an ingredient name, and they will give you a one to 10 score, one being and two really being the cleanest with 10 being the most toxic. And they even have go a step further with EWG verified, which means that they those brands had to go through or, or those individual products had to go through a lot of hoops to understand what uh, to make sure basically that we're not getting anything harmful in our bodies by buying or using these products. So what I like is a quick, uh, you know, quick answer, because sometimes learning all of the different names of the harmful ingredients, you know, the phthalates and the one for dioxane and, uh, you know, formaldehyde is a known carcinogen and that's in our sometimes in our nail polishes and our hair dye. Uh, it's in our lash glue if you use false lashes. So really trying to find things that are formaldehyde free. Um, or if you're going for nail polish, something that talks about um, the brand says they are five free or seven free, you know, they are free from formaldehyde, formaldehyde resin, and then a few other things that are really harmful. Um, but there are a lot of brands when I was first diagnosed in 2014, we only had a handful of, of companies that really were transparent, which is a really important thing and truly clean. And uh, there's a lot of um, greenwashing where they want to, you know, hop on the bandwagon and take your money but they're not really as clean as, as they say they are. They are yeah, it's funny with brands. nutrition. Yeah. I They have, it's called the health halo, right? They, yes. they've, it's, it's like, you know, no added sugar. It has a hundred other terrible things, but because you have no added sugar splashed across the front, you think it's it must be healthier or all natural sugar. So it's still 77 grams of sugar, but it's all natural. It's from coconut. So it must be fine, right? I mean, so so let me let me I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna push you a little bit as a journalist on the the evidence because I and I'm doing this out of curiosity, not to put you on the spot. Um what sort of I mean is there any evidence of the cumulative effect of of, of these chemicals that we we see them in the urine over time in a cell petri dish like what have you found in your research because you know a lot of this and it's the same with nutrition right these association studies that haven't necessarily proved causation but they have enough um you know meat no pun intended enough substance <laughs> to for me to make the leap clinically that this food is good or this food is not good. So what have you found in the in the personal care world? Because I'm very curious about that. Sure. Well, you know, we know certain ingredients, even in the smallest amount, can actually exacerbate the problem. And it's so it's not even the need to use it for 10, 20, 30 years, you know, every single day. Um, and we also know that there are, um, so there's something, um, there's retinol palmitate, which is a vitamin A. It's oftentimes used in our, maybe our sunscreens, it's an anti-aging um, agent. We know that actually in the Petri dish alone, 
it's not as harmful as when it is because what ends up having a petri dish is in isolation but when something is in mixture with other chemicals your own skin and your skin has its own microbiome actually we think of microbiome only in our gut but our skin also does then all of a sudden and what also might affect you might be fine let's say you use a particular product and 30 years later not a not a chance that you got something from from that there was no cancer there's no neurodegenerative disorders no heart disease no diabetes right but then your best friend used it as well well they're we're all bio individuals so what their chemistry is is a lot different so we have to i i like to err on the side of extra caution um even if there's a study, so, you know, collagen is all the rage, right? You got your, whether it's your, your bone broth or you want your collagen supplement. Well, we've had some studies that show that there is a link in increased breast cancer or breast cancer recurrence for women who are, um, are taking collagen supplements. Is a study really solid? No. Uh, but there's not enough data to say it's 100% safe. So as a breast cancer survivor, you know what? I'm good. I would yeah. like some maybe, you know, stronger hair and nails. Sure. But you know what? I'll, I'll try to do other things in my diet than have that. Right. So it's also, a, we're as by individuals, it's also individual desire, right? What we feel we can handle in our lives, want in our lives, want from our lives, and then make those choices. I still color my hair. It is toxic as toxic as all get out. I go as long as possible to the point between my treatments in the salon to the point where my kids say, mom, you're really gray. You really need to color your hair. Um, or, and what I also do is I have a formaldehyde free cleaner brand over the counter from Whole Foods or something or get on Amazon that I will use to touch up at home in between. And oh, well, I don't have highlights, but at least I don't have the grays, right? So it's, I look at it as at the very least an 80-20 rule or if you can go to a 90-10 rule, great. When it comes to your products that you're using on your body in your home, when it comes to your food, and of course, when it comes to stress, we want to try to really mitigate that as much as possible. Yeah, no, I I, I think that is, uh, I, I mean, everything that you say obviously translates perfectly into nutrition as well. And I think, and, and with my new company as well, with the precision nutrition, that's, there are some universal truths, right? We, we all basically have a sense Mediterranean diet is is a healthier option but the the nuances within that like one of the one of the genetic variants that we look at actually has to do and it's funny because it's it's what you say for me everything is a two-hit hypothesis right so you have the individual predisposition in many cases so for example there is a genetic variant where you are more predisposed to the damaging effects of the sun mm. and, and beyond just you know where and, and the cool thing about this, and this is what one of the things I don't know if you have like herbs and spices are on your radar, but I've written two books about them because there is one of the active ingredients in the spice nutmeg can actually help mitigate that genetic variant so that it's not, yes, of course, we have to avoid the sun, like that's a no brainer, everybody should be minimizing that. But then if you can do simple things like that, and add more herbs and spices to your, you know, diet to help mitigate some of those risks, or even like, if you cook meat at high temperatures, it can increase the cancer causing compounds significantly heterocyclic amines. If yeah. you add rosemary to the marinade, 
it decreases those cancer-causing compounds by 70%. So there's these little things that you can do. So so I, I love that. I love just the idea of being more aware of and and especially, you know, I what I don't want people to do is drive themselves crazy trying to be perfect, trying to eat you right. know, only grass-fed, wild fish, purified water, organic this, organic, you know, whatever. People can drive themselves nuts. So what are some of the things in terms of your diet that and and fitness and Everything. I feel like I could talk to you for two hours, but we only have like 10 minutes left. So um, in terms, I'm curious too, in terms of stress management, because I'll tell you, as a busy working mom of two boys and 17 different jobs and intellectual curiosity and wanting to have a social life too. The oh, social man- life. That sounds good. I know. I know. <laughs> right? That, But the, the stress management, let, let's start with that one. And then we'll go to, well, fitness, I, you know, you're, you're at, you're aspirational in the fitness, uh, but I'm really curious about how you have learned to manage your stress better. Cause I, your life, it seems like it's gotten only busier after breast cancer. So <laughs> it, 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 some, it somehow has, and I know, I know we are tight on time. So what I would love to do is give some, some quick tips in all those categories so that everybody can leave this podcast knowing, okay, you know what? I can try starting here. Um, so I'll just make that sort of jump by starting with, and then I'll get to stress, which is when it comes to your skincare, you guys start with your night cream or your day cream, right? Our skin is our biggest organ. So when it comes to makeup, start with your foundation and just level up from there. Okay, great. Now I've been using this great new foundation. What can I do next and level up when it comes to your diet, getting more plant-based whole foods into your diet nutrient density how much nutrient density for your caloric buck can you get and we know that you know five ounces of spinach uh, is going to fill you up in your gut much more than five ounces of a baked potato um, that you know a white potato or white rice or uh, even a um, you know, two ounces of a poultry or a red meat. So how can we make sure we're getting enough nutrient density? So there the goal is fill your plate at least half full of veggies at every meal. Push yourself to that or reframe it in a, every time I sit down to a snack or a meal, how can I fit more veggies in? Because most women get only about 12 or 13 grams of fiber per day we need 30 to 35 grams of fiber per day. I'm actually leading a five-day Eat the Rainbow Fruit and Veggie Challenge right now. And it's so awesome. I've got over 130 women doing it. And just seeing this, one woman said, I only eat broccoli. I really need to expand. And then I have someone else who eats 30 or so different varieties a week, which is actually the goal for your ultimate microbiome. Yeah, 30 plants a week. I saw that study, actually. There's real research on that, that if you can get 30 different plants. And I would say... You know, just beyond that, because I, I mean, fiber is definitely uh, critically important. And, and just some of the things that you touched on that really are evidence based, like if you increase this is and I don't mean to be too doctorish with this for listeners, but, you know, how foods elevate your blood sugar is really important because insulin, excess insulin is associated with different types of cancer, not just breast cancer. So when you talk about everything that you said, minimally processed foods are going to, no matter what, are going to have a lower impact and just reducing the white carbs. Like there's, there's a few things, especially with breast cancer that we, we know. And I think, you know, um, not too much meat, especially the way we raise meat in this country. I mean, that's where, you know, grass fed may be 
you know, it have a little bit of a whitewash health halo, but um, it, it is better than, you know, commercially farmed. I hate driving up Highway 5 in Los Angeles. I can't deal with it. It's too traumatic for me emotionally and physically. But so I, I love what you're saying. And then I would say, though, don't forget about herbs and spices because they're just so such an easy way to level up. And yes. they actually turn. I mean, like I did a lecture once about just like time. It has like eight different ways that the initiation of cancer, the propagation of cancer, the blood supply to the cancer cells, like all these. And I'm not saying that just eating time is the answer, but um, I've got a lot of time on my hands. Um, ha, ha, ha. But, um, you know, it, 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 it I, I love these sort of I, I do think like these little mini challenges, too, are, are just a great way of of motivating you and getting you to think about things like that so right. it kickstarts kick and you're right when it, when it comes to the 30 varieties for ultimate gut health ultimate microbiome uh, bacteria diversity we want to aim for 30 different plant-based foods a day by the way that's not just fruit and vegetables it's the spices and the herbs for sure it's also nuts and seeds legumes and true whole grains so amaranth quinoa teff those kinds of things so that's really essential too and i will say when i started to go more plant-based and add in healthy fats so the avocado nut seeds extra virgin olive oil i gained and i was already an energizer bunny i gained even more energy more mental clarity more focus and the more you eat healthily and where exercise comes in is when you exercise your body you're going to make better choices for your nutrition throughout the day and you're going to sleep better and when you have a good night's sleep we want to aim for seven to nine quality hours of sleep a night when we do sleep better we then it's that continuing wonderful cycle our, first of all, our stress levels are down because we're probably getting in that exercise and that lowers our levels of the stress hormone cortisol and ups our dopamine and our serotonin and the happiness hormones. So it elevates our mood. Then we make better choices because we're not having that like comfort food craving for the junk food, the fast food, the drive through. So it's really an incredible cycle. And that's why I take a holistic approach with your healthiest healthy and everything that I espouse and share with people because you can't out exercise a bad diet you can't um you know out um out eat a great diet with terrible sleep and think you're going to have health so now we should talk about stress yeah wait i want to say one more thing though actually i just forgot yeah. it but no um in terms of one more thing that exercise does which is so fascinating this is why you know you're so inspirational on that front is that both cardiovascular exercise and strength training actually improve your body's response to insulin. So if if listeners can understand that too, it's not just about weight loss. It's not about the way you look. Even if you don't lose a single ounce exercising, you are improving your body's response to insulin. You're lowering the overall, you're, you're responding better to the nourishment that you put in your body. So, you know, it's not just about how you look. It's not just being on the cover of magazines, which is wonderful. But what you're doing is really, improving the whole chemistry of your body through exercise. And I think that's really important because 
a lot of my patients, I don't know about you, but they're like, oh, well, I started lifting and going to the gym, but the, the scale's going up. So I don't want to lift anymore. But no, muscle acts like a sponge and it soaks up, you know, circulating blood sugar to make you overall healthier. So yeah, it's um, really just- important. I love that you brought that up because insulin resistance is a precursor to so many diseases beyond just cancer. So when we, and I wore a constant glucose monitor for about five months and then I, I pop one on for two weeks every, uh, you know, every few months just to see where I'm at. And it's really amazing. There might be foods you actually don't realize are raising your blood sugar. Um, and then the fact that our muscles uptake that excess glucose that is circulating in our blood to help bring those levels down so that the insulin doesn't have to spike up so much leading to, you know, I kind of think liken it to drinking. And I think people can kind of understand it when I paint this picture. You know, if you've never had a, 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 you know, lick of alcohol in your life, you take maybe a couple sips or a half a glass of wine and you are flying, you are boozy and you feel that little buzz going. And then now you become a regular once a night, you know, glass of wine, lots of day drinker, and you realize to feel that same buzz, you need more, right? So our alcohol tolerance builds up. Same thing kind of happens with insulin. The more our body is just always having all this, you know, sugary, junky, processed, um, high carb foods, our body has to keep pumping out more insulin. Well, eventually our body starts to ignore the amount of insulin that's coming out. And so it needs more just to get the same ability to bring down our glucose. And so it stores all that glucose as fat. It becomes, it's a whole cyclical, cyclical issue that we have to try to really manage. So if you guys want my, intermi- my, my glucose hacks, I've got a lot of them. I've got stuff about intermittent fasting. Just hit me up. I got a lot, of, a lot going on, fun courses and everything. Yeah, insulin <laughs> resistance is kind of something that I've been talking about for 17 years, but you say it way cooler than I do. So <laughs> I've got to I've got to take something from your playbook because for me that's one of the most important targets of my nutrition and and all lifestyle and heritage. Because guess what? Poor s- stress management, poor sleep management, poor diet, inadequate exercise all contribute to insulin resistance. Yes. And to me, insulin resistance and inflammation are kind of the two-hit hypothesis when it really comes to head-to-toe disease. So, all right, we've only got a couple minutes left, so let's talk about stress, your your stress hacks, because we we you, they got to be good for you to manage your stress, I'm sure. <laughs> they, they are, and they're something I didn't have before cancer. So a couple of things. The most important stress hack is your breath. It is the best tool we have because you can be anywhere in the middle of any situation and all you have to do is slow your breathing pattern down. Take a nice deep belly breath. That means that your belly is expanding where your chest is staying still. That's a diaphragmatic breath. What that does is it automatically signals your body. I mean, our bodies are magical. When we're in that high stress response, that's when our sympathetic, our fight and flight, fight or flight uh, nervous system is active and going crazy. Whether you're sitting in traffic and you stressed you're not going to get somewhere on time, or you just have too much on your plate and you're trying to get it all done. When we take that nice deep breath and we slow ourselves down, and we can even bring mindfulness. So be maybe become aware of what's your situation you're in right now. What are the sounds you're hearing? What is your heart beating fast? What is it? What's mindful in that moment? It activates our parasympathetic rest and digest nervous system. They cannot be active at the same time, which is a brilliant way our body has been built. So when you and we can choose to activate our parasympathetic nervous system with our deep belly breaths, when we do that, automatically that high floating cortisol surging through our body has to come down. So breath work is one of the best. You can also 
Turn that into something where you do a guided breath work session. There's a multitude of different ways, free ways on YouTube. You can just put in breath work. And let me tell you, you're going to get a lot of options to figure out what you like the best. And a lot of time it's trial and error to see what you really resonates with you. That then leads, of course, to meditation. So taking a couple minutes of meditation, a micro meditation, all the way to a 20 or 30 minute meditation. And it doesn't mean you have to be cross-legged on the floor in silence. You can have a guided meditation. You can do a walking meditation and really tap into that mindfulness with nature. Okay, so that's my those are my biggest tools. Um, obviously, yoga, tai chi, anything like that that's going to connect the mind and body. Here are some of my other really important hacks. The healthiest healthy hacks for stress. Control what you can control. Worry when you have to worry. Positive self-talk. And then the breath work and the other physical stuff we just talked about. All right, so breaking it down before we have to go. Control what you can control. I couldn't control I had cancer. I already had it. What could I control? Well, I could control how I shaped the team of people that were going to be around me to operate and take care of me. I could control post-cancer when I finally had my mind back (laughs) and I could not focus on just recovering. I could control what I was eating, how I was exercising, how I was mitigating my stress. So control what you can control in that situation. And that's not going to be other people, by the way. Worry when you have to worry. We have, what is it, like 80, 90,000 thoughts going through our head over the course of a day, and most of them don't ever materialize into something. So worry about it when you have to. If you were to find a lump, God forbid, don't start freaking out right now. It's cancer, it's stage four, and I'm going to die tomorrow. How about let's take action? Let's Go again. This is then control what you can control comes back into play. Call the doctor, make an appointment. Don't stick your head in the sand and then go do some other, you know, exercise or de-stressing things to bring your cortisol down. So you're not worrying about it because if something is going to be actually materializing, you're going to have plenty of time to worry about it. So don't worry until you have to worry. And then the positive self-talk is really helpful with all that here. Yeah, I have sure. answer. Right. So talking to yourself literally out loud, or if you have to in your head, what's positive in this situation, as sucky as it might be, you got fired, a breakup, um, you know, a tragedy, a health issue. What is positive for my cancer? Because that's just an easy go to example. It's when I first discovered this power of positive thinking. Okay, it sucks that I have cancer. Let's let's deal with all that on a medical level. But what's good? Well, we caught it early. Great. What's next? I'm in otherwise great shape. That's going to help reduce my complications in surgery. It will help me recover faster. Oh my God, Samantha, keep going. You're doing this. What else is positive? I've got a great support network. I have good insurance, whatever it is. And that's where daily gratitude journaling can also really come into play. No, I love this. I love this. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, it's funny. I, I did right when you were talking about the breathing thing, I, I tried it and it, it does take some practice, like breathing from the belly. Cause when you said, don't make your chest move immediately, I was like, Oh, whoa, I'm doing this wrong. So that's going to be something that I, and I, I have definitely, I like that you say micro meditation. Cause I don't know about you, but as a busy mom, everything has to be pretty micro in my life, <laughs> micro bits of exercise, micro meditation. It's a lot of micro, but Samantha, this has been so awesome and so inspiring. And you're just, you're, you know, uh, uh, your energy is is amazing and it's infectious. And I can see why people want to go to your retreats and follow you on Instagram. So remind us again, really quick, where we can find all about you and, and get more Samantha in our lives. 
Like the easiest thing to do is my Instagram has a link in bio with links to everything. It's uh, Instagram and Facebook is at Samantha Harris TV, like television, Samantha Harris TV. Um, and then otherwise, Samantha-Harris.com. But everything's in there. I love sharing. I love guiding. I answer. I pretty much answer every DM I get. At some point in time, that might change. But right now, I really try to, especially every breast cancer survivor or newly diagnosed patient. I love it. It's awesome. All right. Well, thank you again. And um, again, your book, Your Healthiest Healthy. You've got retreats. You've got the Instagram. I'm going to test you. And I also did. I just I recently launched Your Healthiest Healthy on-demand courses. They're topic driven. So if you need uh, Your Healthiest Healthy Basics, Thriving After Breast Cancer, Intermittent Fasting, Gut Health, Sleep, it's all there and more are launching all the time. And then also, if you want more of me, I don't know how much you can handle, but I do uh, my wellness community is a membership community. So every week, live weekly coaching with me, live workouts, uh, sometimes recorded workouts, and then also a live guest expert. So I look forward to meeting you all through Instagram. And you can, again, Clean Beauty, just send Clean Beauty, DM me, I will send you my vetted list. That's awesome. I'm going to do that as soon as we finish today. (laughs) I will send it right over to you. All right. Thanks again. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you. I really hope that you found the information in this podcast helpful. I know I did, and I welcome your feedback because I'm doing this for you. So if there's topics that you want to learn about, something that you want to learn more about, if there's something that you want to explain further that I've talked about, please let me know. Comment on my Instagram page, send me an email, melina at drmelina.com, and definitely hit that subscribe button because I'm going to have great new content every single week and I don't want you to miss an episode. That's it for now. Stay practically healthy.